Cairo, Seattle. Bell, and this is Your Last Meal, a show about famous people and the stories behind the foods they love most. Today on the program, singer and songwriter Remy Wolf. Hello, hello, hello. How's my little lady in the New York snow? Yeah, he says hello. Yeah, I love you loads. We got us at the fire below messing with me. Hello. Remy is currently on a mega tour that will continue through October. Right now, she's touring the U.S. with Lord, and then she'll take off on her own for Europe. But Remy's last meal is best enjoyed in the city that she lives in, Los Angeles. If you're like me and you have a very hard time deciding what to order at a restaurant because you want a little bit of everything, you probably love panchan. We'll learn all about these little Korean side dishes with Irene Yu, creator of You Eating, a Korean-American comfort food YouTube channel. But first, my interview with Remy Wolf. Just let you know I'm going to hit record. Let the record mm. show that she is eating a chocolate bar at the beginning of our interview. I love it, and I respect it. <laughs> what are you eating? It's a Think protein bar, which is the... This is like the one time in the past two years I've eaten a protein bar, so you've caught me at a weird time. <laughs> weird. Do you like protein yeah. bars? Because when people eat them Terrible. for pleasure, I'm so confused. It's horrible. I, I just don't have any food in my house right now because... I'm about to leave for tour, so I just kind mm. of like have been slowly not buying food, and I was hungry, so I had to get it <laughs> <the> store. <laughs> That's how it works. Okay, let me check your level. What flavor is your protein bar? It is peanut butter chocolate, chunky peanut butter chocolate. Remy had a pretty full life before she turned 18. When she was 17 years old, she auditioned for American Idol. She says the show had no influence on her career. And she was a junior Olympic skier. I was, yeah, for 10 years from the time I was 8 to... It's a little less than 10 years. 8 to 17, I was a competitive ski racer up in Tahoe. So I was splitting time between the Bay Area and Lake Tahoe for like every winter. A lot of competition, a lot of, lot of training, a lot of racing, a lot of high stress, <laughs> a lot of uh, tutors. But yeah, that was also a pretty good time. <laughs> and there was a food that you kept in your pocket when you were competing. Yes. I went to this summer ski training program up in Mount Hood in Oregon. I think when I was maybe like 10, I was pretty young. It was like the summer that I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry came out. And I remember that very vividly because I was like in my iPod repetitively listening to that song. It was the first time I watched like Wedding Crashers. At the, and that was the first time I saw like boobs on television. It's uh, a big year for you. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a really enlightening <laughs> summer. But yeah, so every morning we would wake up at like five in the morning and go to this dining hall and they had this big breakfast buffet. And it was like this huge thing of bacon. And I figured out that I could just get a Ziploc bag and put like 30 pieces of bacon in a Ziploc bag and then put that in my jacket. When I would go up on the chairlift or whatever, I could have my bacon snack. <laughs> and after I discovered that that summer, it was like every morning, like at my house, I would have my mom make bacon, <laughs> put it in my baggie with my Starburst and like mini Twix bars and, uh, 
golden grams. Those were my ski snacks. <laughs> Just all the healthy food that an athlete should have to nourish the human body. Yeah. You see why I've uh, moved on from being an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though, because I've read books about um, ultra marathon runners and like people who do the PCT, you know, like long distance walkers, and they eat all kinds of garbage when they're doing that because they're burning through so many calories that they're eating a lot of junk food as well. So- it, yeah, that's exactly true. I, I mean, yeah, by the end of the day, I was, I was probably skiing like eight hours a day. So burning thousands of calories. literally. Did you have a lot of little dog friends? Cause you always had bacon in your pocket. <laughs> yeah the lift dogs they loved me they'd sniff me out let the record show that remy is still eating that protein bar somehow i think this is actually the first time in my nearly 20 year journalism career that somebody has eaten while i was interviewing them but if there's any interview that it's appropriate to eat through it would be an interview on a podcast about food. You mentioned Starburst just a couple minutes ago, and you have a particular way that you like to eat Starburst. Yeah. This also originated during my skiing days because you would be on the lift and your hands would be in gloves and it'd be so cold <laughs> that you couldn't take them off. So we would just eat Starburst with the wrapper on and just like chew through the wrapper. <laughs> would you swallow the wrapper? Yeah. You yeah. swallow it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like wax paper, which I guess isn't entirely edible, but it was a very common thing amongst the community. (laughs) It was a good time. That's funny. Was it just Starburst or did you eat gum wrappers and stuff too? No, just Starburst. I don't know why. So yeah, just Starburst. You know what I would do with the Twix? I would pre-unwrap the Twix before we went up. Okay. The Starburst, we didn't give a yeah. yeah. Well, you can't be eating aluminum foil or whatever the Twix wrapping, yeah. like it's metal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's complete metal. <laughs> yeah. After my interview with Remy, I Googled, can you eat Starburst wrappers? And to my complete surprise, so many things came up. Website after website of people either asking if it's safe to eat Starburst wrappers or articles answering that very question. I assume that people were asking the same question for a lot of different candy wrappers. So I googled, can you eat Snickers wrappers? approximately zero articles. When I googled, can you eat candy wrappers? Every article was about Starburst. So apparently eating Starburst wrappers is a thing. Now the question is, is it safe to eat a Starburst wrapper? And all of the websites said the same thing. They said that Starburst wrappers are made from wax paper, so they are technically safe to eat, but of course not recommended. But none of these websites or blogs cited any sources. So I reached out to the FDA and they provided the following official FDA statement. The wrapper referred to in this instance is not intended for consumption. The FDA evaluates substances used in contact with food to ensure they are safe. Food contact substances are anything that comes into contact with food, including packaging and cookware, such as paper, plastic, glass and metal packaging, containers, and pots and pans. As these substances are of low toxicity, any exposure from the occasional unintentional consumption of a wrapper would not be expected to be a health concern. Do you guys eat Starburst wrappers? Is it cool to eat Starburst wrappers? Because if so, I'll do anything to be cool. Send us a message if you yourself have ever or still do eat Starburst wrappers. Go to yourlastmealpodcast.com. You can send us a message there. Okay, time for a quick break. But when we come back, Remy Wolf's opinion on vegans and her decidedly not vegan last meal. Thank you. 
months ago, I had the very lovely Jessica Seinfeld on the show. And over the past couple years, Jessica has started eating mostly plant-based, but she keeps it loose. She eats whatever she wants, and most of the time that is plant-based. But if she wants meatballs or chicken soup, she eats it. And Jessica had very strong opinions on preachy vegans. So of course I was thinking about Jessica when Remy told me that she used to be a vegetarian until a preachy vegan unintentionally sent her running back to Meat Town. Parentheses. In case you're wondering, Meat Town is nowhere near Flavortown. I was dating this boy who, in the midst of us dating, decided to go really, really vegan. When I say really, really, really vegan, I mean vegan in the way where every single meal, all we could talk about was veganism. Oh. And it was like lectures on lectures on lectures of veganism because he was reading this book. And it's honestly like one of the reasons why we broke up because I just couldn't handle it anymore. But yeah, vegans rub me. I, I'm super behind. I'm behind all the ideology behind veganism and vegetarianism. I'm really supportive of it. I just don't like eating with them. I hate eating with vegans. I hate eating with vegetarians. And I've been trying to dissect this because it isn't that I'm like pissed that they're trying to help the environment or whatever. I think just the way I grew up, I grew up in a big family and I love like shared experience. And I feel like when I was growing up, my, my parents would always be like, Remy, eat this, re-eat this. Just come on, like try this, you yeah. know? So it frustrates me when we're like out to dinner and I'm with my band or something and something's really good. And then we have a vegan at the table who can't participate. Yeah. You know, it makes me irrationally angry. It's something I have to work on. I, <laughs> I don't want to on vegans because I think it's amazing. And I think the lifestyle is cool. I'm just maybe just another table. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, nobody wants to be proselytized to. I also respect the ideology, and but I just choose to eat meat anyway. I know it's a selfish move, like, and I don't just eat good meat. I go to taco trucks, and I love them. And it's I've just made this decision. I'm a really good recycler. I wash out my Ziploc bags. You have to just choose your thing. You can't do everything. And I think you're right. Like yeah. people don't like to be lectured. No, oh, I I hate it. I don't like to be told what to do at all. I thrift a lot of clothes. That's your thing. That's- that's my thing. I like barely buy anything new at all. I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> so did you stop being a vegetarian while you were dating him because you were so turned off? I became a vegetarian like a month before we started dating. And then I stopped pretty much as soon as we stopped. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like an eight month stint of vegetarianism. It was fine, but I, I'm such a meat eater. Yeah. I'm, I'm like a carnivore all the way. The big question of the show, what would your last meal be? Mm, damn. Dude, okay. I think right now at this point in my life, I think I'd go with like Korean barbecue. Mm. Full Korean barbecue with all the sides, all the banchan or whatever. And then brisket, thinly sliced beef belly and thinly sliced pork belly. I think I'd just rock with that. It's like my favorite thing. She's a meat girl. She's a meat girl. You just proclaimed yeah. you're a meat girl, and then you proved it. <laughs> I'm, 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 a, I'm a meat girl. <laughs> the little banchan, though, that is the best part because it's so fun to eat 20 different things instead of having to just commit to one dish when you go out to eat. Yeah. And it's fun that when you arrive and when you sit down, there's already food there. Yes. Waiting. Like that is my favorite part that you can just dig right in. Ooh, it's a, yeah, great experience. That's such a communal meal. You can't 
go out to Korean barbecue by yourself. I mean, I guess you could, but it'd be weird. <laughs> yeah, a lot of places don't let you. You have to have at least two people. There's like a sign outside. You have to be this tall to ride this ride. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you have a favorite place in LA? Yeah, right now there's this place called Okuk, which is spelled O-O-K-O-O-K. It's in Koreatown. It's great. It's all you can eat. I, I'm really an advocate for all you can eat over the other places where you have to like buy each specific meat separately. The quality of meat at those places is I think a lot higher than the all you can eat restaurants. But the first time I ever went to Korean barbecue was at this place called Budnamu, which is an all you can eat place. It's like 20 bucks. And I was just completely mind blown by it. I have this affinity towards the cheap cuts of meat. That's what Korean barbecue is to me, you know? So it feels like too bougie if I go to the uh, more expensive spots. For her last meal, Remy Wolf wants Korean barbecue with brisket, beef belly, pork belly, and a table full of panchan. Remy is actually the second Your Last Meal guest to choose Korean barbecue. The first was Prodigy, a rapper who has since passed away. Prodigy was on the show back in December 2016. The day I got released, I went straight from the prison, straight to the Korean barbecue restaurant. I thought about it the whole entire three years I was away. And I couldn't wait to come home and have it again. <laughs> that was my first meal. Prodigy wrote a cookbook when he got out of prison, detailing all of the cooking hacks that he learned when he was locked up. If you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend it. Meat is the star of the show when you go out for Korean barbecue. But like Remy and I discussed earlier, the panchan might be even more compelling. As soon as you sit down, the server will fill the table with tiny bowls of vegetable and meat side dishes that you will chopstick into your mouth between bites of grilled meat and rice. Panchan is like the main landscape of the table. That's Irene Yu, creator of You Eating a Korean-American comfort food YouTube channel that explores Korean home cooking, street food, and culinary history. It's something that is at every Korean meal. So obviously, when you go to Korean barbecue restaurants, you really see it in full foray, like the endless table of panchan. But you also can get that a lot of different Korean restaurants and within um, like home cooking as well. Irene says kimchi is a panchan staple. If there's no kimchi on the table, it's not really a meal. There's certain types of categories of panchan. You have aside from the kimchi category, you have namul, which is vegetable based. So that would be, for example, seasoned spinach or seasoned um, soybean sprouts. You have something called pokum, which is stir fries. So you would have like stir fried anchovies, stir fried potato. You have chorim, which is a braise. So you can either have like a chang chorim, which is one of my favorites. It's just like braised um, brisket or like a potato chorim. You also have jim. Jim is something you see very commonly at Korean barbecue restaurants. Um, if you ever get the steamed egg that comes in like the little black hot pot. So that's a jim. And then lastly, you'll have chon, which are essentially battered and fried uh, vegetables or pancakes. Uh, like pajon is a very classic one. I find that the panchan makes it difficult to stop eating because you're eating this meat and so it's kind of rich and then you'll have something that's, you know, a little bit pickly or fermented to lighten it up and then you need rice and then it just becomes this cycle and then you want a little creamy and crunchy and, and I can never stop eating. 
Agreed. You sort of are able to create a full balanced meal, like just right into your rice bowl or just by like picking and choosing things to help balance each other out. The best part about Panchan is that it is never ending. All you can eat. Servers will continuously come by and refill the tiny dishes. The panchan is sort of part of like the service and the the complimentary part of the table. So they definitely encourage and love for you to um, ask for refills of your favorite panchan. Okay, so on that note, continuing with etiquette. So it's okay to ask for more. And I wonder if this has changed post pandemic. Do you usually just dip your chopsticks again and again, the ones you're eating with in the little bowls? Yes, uh, absolutely. Koreans and Korean Americans, it's very much a communal eating because you have this uh, setting in front of you and you're sharing all of that. If you're with like friends and family, then you all feel comfortable sharing, then why not? And the number of panchan on the table is significant. Panchan should be served in a specific quantity of numbers. So it should either be in three, five, seven, nine, or 12. I do not know why. I have <laughs> asked my mom. I have asked many people. They're just like, that is just the way it's done. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> I guess we keep doing it. Panchan has been around for a very long time. It's said to date back to the mid-Three Kingdom period, which is around 300 AD. There is a long line of Buddhism in Korea's history, and part of the Buddhism tenants are not being able to eat meat. So that's why you see there's that there's so much vegetable-oriented panchan in today's panchan uh, landscape. A lot of like the food inspiration and influence came from the top down. So the chefs for the king and the royal court were sort of setting the tone for like how uh, food was being prepared. And then that was being sort of communicated through the noble class and then eventually sort of to the peasant class and, and so on. Also, lastly, Korea's cultural and food history relies heavily on fermentation. We talked about kimchi a lot. But um, even before the history of kimchi, just generally preserving meats and vegetables over the course of the winter. So a huge amount of that really influences uh, panchans as we see it today. Remy's last meal comes from Koreatown in Los Angeles, the most robust Korean community in the country. And Irene says the Korean barbecue scene in L.A. is so influential, it's actually had an effect on the restaurant scene in South Korea. Yeah, all you can eat or ACE, A-Y-C-E. It is something that got really popularized in LA. So the concept of grilling meat on a barbecue is something that, you know, goes back to uh, super olden days in Korea. But that concept was really taken to the next level in America because meat is so much cheaper and prolific. So obviously Korea um, has sort of like a very poor history coming out of the Korean War. You weren't able to get a ton of meats. So now sort of all you can eat Korean barbecue places have become popular in Korea as well. I don't know if there's anything more satisfying than making a meal out of the bits and pieces left in your fridge and your freezer and your pantry. I moved last year and I spent the two weeks before my move on a mission to do as little grocery shopping as possible and eat down my freezer, my pantry and my fridge. And when I somehow achieved the most delicious meal of all time using a quarter of a bag of pasta, 17 frozen peas, and a squirt of mustard that's been in my fridge since 1972, I've never felt more accomplished. So when we come back, Remy talks about her clean out the pantry meal that she made to empty her cupboards before tour, a meal that used up every single last thing except for that protein bar you've listened to her eat throughout this episode. 
I read that you love grocery stores, which is something that I love too. Uh, what is it that you love about grocery shopping? Oh, I love the <laughs> I love the fantasy of meals. Like I just love creating meal plans in my head. And I think I just love ingredients. I like moving at a really slow pace. It's kind of a meditative thing for me as well. Um, and I love looking at all the drink options. That's always like a really fun part of grocery shopping. The cold Most drinks? Re- yeah, the cold drinks. There's so um, many now. When I was a kid, it was like, do you want a Coke or a Snapple? And now that section, it's like the entire aisle. It's so fun. Yeah, it's so fun. But yeah, I kind of just like moving at my own pace in the grocery store. And I I think it's one of the only places where I allow myself to kind of like slow down. Hmm. Think about food. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I never do the list. I'm not really a recipe person. I learned how to cook when I was really young because my mom was constantly cooking in the house. She's a chef. I just learned at a young age how to kind of put ingredients together. I'm a super like pantry cook. Like I, Mm -hmm. I pride myself kind of on being able to go into anybody's house see what they have in their pantry and make something pretty good. Yeah. And I kind of take that approach with the grocery store as well. Like I just don't really like planning. I it's, it's something I've never liked (laughs) in my life. So I try not to with food either. Is there a pantry meal you made recently that stuck out to you? (laughs) Yeah. As I was saying before, I have like nothing in my fridge right now. Like the only thing I have is like, I had like a little bit of tomato paste. I had half and half and butter nutritional yeast. And then I had pasta. So I made this like buttery cream sauce with the half and half and like literally like the last (laughs) bits of tomato paste I could scrounge up from the tube and like chili flakes. And it tasted like kind of amazing. I pat myself on the back. Yeah. Very simple, but um, like literally that's all I had in my house. And I was, I was proud that I was able to make something pretty decent for dinner. And now you're down to your last protein bar and then you got to go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, one more question. Um, when you're on tour, do you actually have a writer? Ooh, that's, that's a great question. I love asking people this question. Okay. My writer, we have yerba mate, eight ounce sugar-free Red Bull, coconut water, raspberries, salami, cheddar cheese, turkey, hummus, pita chips. And I think normally we have a veggie platter, but that's for the vegetarians. (laughs) (laughs) Who you do not associate with. Yeah. Oh, and we have like, we have those little wellness shots. You know, the wellness Mm -hmm. shots that you get at like Whole Foods. We try to, we try to keep it like a bit healthy on tour because we're like, our immunity is so fragile. (laughs) I'm thinking of adding chicken wings to the rider because I, I'm, developing a bit of an obsession with chicken wings right now meat girl again (laughs) (laughs) that's the name of your next album meat girl yeah (laughs) what kind of chicken wings do you like what's your sauce dude classic classic buffalo Mm -hmm. just buffalo sauce and i'm getting i'm getting into like the korean chicken wings too like i like korean food and that was remy wolf's last meal Remy on tour. There's a link to her website in the show notes. Thanks to Irene Yu. You can find her at youeating.com. That's Y-O-O. This episode was produced by Laura Scott and me. Theme music, as usual, by Prom Queen. Make sure you're following along on Instagram. I'm Hello Rachel Bell, B-E-L-L-E. And quick, hold on. Before you close the podcast up on your phone, could you please leave us a quick review? It really only takes a moment. 
And who knows? I might read your review on the air like I'm about to read the review from Steve Lou 47. Steve Lou 47 says, super funny show. And then they go on to talk about Nanaimo bars, which was the topic of our Julia Sweeney episode in March. So be like Steve Lou 47. Leave a review. Listen to that Julia Sweeney episode. It is one of my all time favorites. I think that's it. I'm Rachel Bell, and this is Your Last Meal. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Apologies again for being late. No, um, you know what? It's funny. It actually worked out for the best because I got an email from my therapist who was like, we have a 1030. And I was like, oh, so you get to have me post therapy. So I'm probably a better person than I was an hour ago anyway. (laughs) Wonderful. I love it. It worked out for everyone. And now I know I've been pronouncing it wrong my whole life. So it's with a P, (laughs) even though it's spelled with a B. So punch on. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Thank you so much for sending over really funny, interesting food prompts. You win the prize. Okay, Uh, great. (laughs) When Sophie, my manager, asked me, she's like, what are any like weird food stories? And I feel like my entire life has just been weird. (laughs) So it doesn't even register. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to ask my friends. I'm like, dude, like what's a food thing that's happened. And my friend's like, oh, there was this time, this time, this time, this time, this time. Oh yeah. I had a lot of help from my friends this morning. <laughs>